I didn't need him, he wouldn't have sent him. Say it again. If I didn't need him, he wouldn't have sent him. He sent the Holy Ghost because we need the Holy Ghost. We need the power of the Holy Ghost. We need his presence in our life. We need him to show up in our car. We need him to show up in our kitchen. We need him to show up at our jobs. We need him to protect us when we're out. It is the help of the Holy Ghost. When I was growing up as a kid, I grew up in religious circles, and it was Pentecostal circles that I grew up in. My dad pastored in Pentecostal churches, and so I grew up in that environment. And so we were always praying for people to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You know, when we got saved, when you and I got saved, Jesus comes to live in us, but it's the Holy Ghost living in us. He lives in us, and he, and he renews us. He doesn't just refashion us, recarpet us, recondition us. We're not just overhauled or, you know, th- that kind of thing. We are brand new. Our spirit becomes a brand new spirit. Old things pass away, and all things become new. You are a new human being. You are a new person that living on the inside. And we have a, a soul that that can, can understand things of the Spirit. The Bible says, the Bible says it this way, that the, the, the Word of God is quick and powerful to dividing asunder of soul and spirit. So my understanding of the Lord comes from the fact that the Holy Spirit speaks to my spirit, my new recreated spirit, and then my soul, my emotions can pick that up as a, a natural understanding. I live in a body that wants to do and live and act and, and, and doesn't always want to listen to the Holy Spirit. And a mind that has emotions. And many of us are controlled by our emotions. But the Bible says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Say that with me. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God. Say it again. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God. They are the sons of God. God wants to lead us and guide us and direct us and help us in our lives. And, and so uh, uh, that guiding, that leading, it, it teaches us and trains us and develops us and helps us. And, and so we're not a human emotion. We don't live by our emotions. We don't live by our flesh. We live by our spirit. It is the help of the Holy Spirit. And when I grew up, I remember in Pentecostal circles, it was almost like, you know, that, that the, the main objective of the Pentecostal church was to get somebody filled with the Holy Ghost. That's, that's an in, a full infusion of the Spirit. Because when we get saved, He lives in us. That's who lives in us. But He wants to come out of us. How many know the Holy Spirit wants to work out of us? He wants to work through us. He wants to work with us. He wants to help us accomplish our task. And so, the, I, I, I mean, as I was growing up, the only thing that I could understand at that time was that you needed to get filled with the Holy Spirit, be immersed in the Spirit. And so we'd bring people to the front and we'd pray for them. And, and, uh, and uh, ever, you know, we'd, we'd, I mean, back then it was kind of funny to be in Pentecostal churches because nobody really knew how to explain it. You just bring everybody up and then you have a whole bunch of people pray for them. And so while they're standing at the front, you'd have a guy yelling, you know, spit it out. Another guy saying, swallow it. Yell, don't scream. You know, sing, stop singing. I mean, it was just, just constant screaming in your ear. Let it out, let it out. No, hold on, hold on, hold up. You know, I mean, was, and finally you just give in. Most of us just give in and just finally realize, oh, I just got to speak out. 
But that was our objective. So you're sitting in the church. Maybe this is new to you. Maybe you don't understand this and your church taught against this. Main reason people disagree or, or, or misunderstand about the Holy Spirit is bad teaching. It's just bad teaching. It's all in the New Testament. It's everywhere in the New Testament. The Bible clearly says, forbid not to speak with tongues. I mean, forbid not. I mean, it's clearly there. In Acts chapter 2, they began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. The Spirit came on them, and they began to release what God had them to release. We release that. But I found out some. This is what I want you to understand is teaching this, the gift of the Holy Spirit. If we only teach people to speak in tongues, then we fail to teach them what the Holy Spirit is really all about. It is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that matters in our lives. It's that we understand the value of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. We understand the direction of the Holy Spirit working. Uh, we understand the moving of the Holy Spirit. He begins to stir us. He doesn't stir our mind. And many times when he stirs our heart, our mind isn't for it. You can't listen to your mind. You've got to listen to your heart. Just point to your neighbor and say, you've got to listen to your heart. Now find another neighbor. Point to them. Say, you've got to listen to your heart. You've got to listen to your heart. You can't listen to your head. Tell them you can't listen to your head. Say it again. You can't listen to your head. Where's my son? I don't want to look at him. Tell him he can't listen to his head. It's that there's so much more to the value of the Holy Spirit. Now, let me give you an example so you understand this. When I was a kid, I'm 55. For those of you that are my age, that's exactly, who said wow? That was shaking. I had a moment of shaking right then. I'm like, it was funny up till then. <laughs> wow. I'm going to have to go home and think about wow. <laughs> I might need to go back to the gym or something. <laughs> wow. 55. When I was growing up, you know, I look at these kids. I mean, they're talking through their earphones. You know, they go get those, those uh, headphones or whatever what they call them. I, uh, AirPods. See, I'm 55. <laughs> yeah, and they talk to people through their headphones. I got a watch on. My watch has, has Wi-Fi on it, and it also has cellular on it. And so, you know, I mean, this may not seem like much, but, I mean, to those of us who grew up in the space age days when we were still watching Flash Gordon, <laughs> these kids have no idea what I'm talking about. And those paper, they had paper mache, they throw them up in the air and shoot it, you know, like shots, so it looked like they were flying. It was just, you know. All right, so at, at 55 now, <laughs> with all this technology and everything, it's just amazing to me that, that God leads us and guides us the way he does and directs us the way he does, even more appropriately than the thing you have that you have GPS on. He wants to lead us and guide us into all truth. He wants to direct us and help us to know where to go, to know and see what we could not otherwise see. And we need the direction and the help of the Holy Ghost. He wants to show us. Now here's the thing. The first thing that we have for direction is the Word of God. There is nothing more important more, more potent, more powerful, 
more informative, more engaging than the Word of God. And anything you hear should line up from and go with and be in line with the Word of God. It has to be in line with the Word of God. However, nowhere in there have I ever read Mary Amy. I can't find Mary Amy in there. I have, you know, we're, we're, we're here sitting here at 3215 South Cashua. Here we are right here in the middle of 3215 South Cashua. And nowhere in the Bible does it say you are to build a church and open it up on 3215 South Cashua. So I have the direct knowledge of God, the firm knowledge of God. Now, when I was a kid, 55, you had the TVs. And they weren't connected to internet. We didn't have any other stuff. You had an antenna. Anybody remember them days? Your mom and dad had the antenna outside. And it was, it was connected to your house, but it stood above your house. And you had pointed it toward the... These kids look at me like, what? Back in them days. Well, that was, you had to add the aluminum foil because when you wanted to watch the football game, you, your dad would go, go, hey, go get the aluminum foil. And then he'd have you stand there. All right, put your arm to the left. Anybody, y'all remember these? You only had like five channels. That's it. That included UHF. <laughs> these kids have no idea. They have 250 channels. They got YouTube and everything else. You had five? Five. PBS was one of them. <laughs> I mean, but do you remember this? You could get to channel 13. Every country, every place in the world had channel 13. I don't know why. Didn't matter where you went, channel 13 was always there. Sometimes it was always channel 8, and then it was some other channel. Click, I'm on 13. Now, Jesus got us ready for heaven, eternity. Jesus got us ready for heaven. We're ready for heaven. When I clicked the 13, I would get it. But then there was another dial connected to, the, uh, to that first dial, and that was the fine-tuning dial. Anybody remember the fine-tuning dial? Come on, y'all don't act like you're old. I've already admitted my age. And now y'all are hiding. Fine-tuning. And what we had was the ability to fine-tune what was... See, I have the Word of God. I have it. God told me He wanted me to build churches. I knew that it was a call from God to do this. I didn't even understand it, but the Holy Spirit began to give direction as to how that worked. How do, where's the building? Where are the, what do we do? What, what is it that we need to assign? How do we need to make this happen? What, and the Holy Spirit began to define it for me. Because the Holy Spirit wants to lead us and he wants to guide us. Many of us have just taken the Holy Spirit as a byproduct. And if we have the Holy Spirit just every once in a while, we pray in the Spirit. And many of us don't even. But there was a reason that Paul said, I pray in the Spirit more than you all. There was a reason for this because there was a connection with God that comes through the mysteries that you pray out through the Holy Spirit, through this wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit. Yes, He is our salvation. Yes, He's our protection. And yes, we need to abide by Him. But we also need to listen to Him. Come on, we need to listen to the Holy Ghost. He wants to help us every day of our life. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, He wants to help you every day of your life. And so I don't want to just teach you about getting filled with the Holy Spirit and have people come up here and lay hands on you to get filled with the Holy Spirit and you pray in other tongues and you don't understand the value. I want you to understand that God wants to fill you. 
He doesn't just want to fill you a little bit. He wants to fill you. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. You have the power of God living on the inside of you. You know, that's amazing to me. And all of us should feel guilty in some way or, no, or another of, of, of missing the understanding of the power that's living on the inside of us. Do you actually know how much is inside of you? Because if you did, we would be living better. We would have more. We would praise more. We would bless more. We would help more people. We would have it to give. You got to have it to give it. Somebody say amen. amen. We need the help of the Holy Spirit. Look at somebody again and say, you need the help of the Holy Spirit. So God sent Jesus. He died for us. And I, now I'm ready for heaven when I accept him and receive him. But thank God he sent the Holy Ghost to help me on earth. Somebody say, he'll help me on earth. I want everybody in here that's had the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you in some way or another. I mean, maybe you were going to take a job, buy a car, your kids in school, whatever it is, that the Holy Spirit helped you and showed you a better path. Come on, raise your hand. How many of you have never had the Holy Spirit help you? Because if that's true, you're not listening. You're not listening if that's true. I don't know why, but, you know, I just, I, there was a, you know, we, we've had a great experience with one of the young men in our church. I don't mind bringing him up. He's not here today, so he won't feel like I'm talking about him. But one of the men, one of the young men, and I don't even know if he knew this or not. And he's not here, so, again, I can speak when they're not here. They don't feel like I'm talking about him. But they've gone to our church for years and years and years, and he's a great football player. Tremendous, tremendous football player. And I've been praying for him since he was three. I, my heart just spills out about what God's going to do with his future. He just has the ability. I wish some of that would pour out on my son. But over the years, we watched him grow, go, and the Lord bless him, and a, a, a several months ago, his family came to me, and he had been offered a couple of scholarships. One of them was for, like, Virginia. Another one was for Syracuse. I even saw that the coach from Syracuse was here during a game my son was at against the team my son played for and handedly beat the team that my son was on, handedly. I mean, I went to halftime. I think it was 73 to nothing at halftime. And uh, the Syracuse coach obviously wanted him. But the whole time I had been praying, they had had me pray for him one day. And I said this to the family. I'm not even sure they heard it. I believe they did. But I know when you speak by the Holy Spirit, this is why you have to be careful who you listen to. The Lord put it in me. I heard from God. See, this is what I'm talking about, how God wants to help you in your life. The Lord put it in me. There's good and then there's better. That's exactly what I heard. There's good. But then there's also better. I got that as a word from God. There's good and then there's better. I said that in that morning. I said, you know, I just, and I had, you don't, you don't, I now have a son looking at this stuff. When you're looking at this stuff, I mean, you really, it's hard because you're having to make determinations about your future and their future. And you want their future right. You know things. And when, you, when you're dealing with scholarships and stuff like that, it's, it's a ride, man. It's a real ride. And so when you have one, it's security. 
how would you be looking at another? And you don't know where that's going to come from. But all of a sudden, the University of South Carolina out of nowhere came forward. It's like they just came out of the woods. Maybe they didn't. But from my appearance, it looked like they just showed up. Like they saw, they saw what he had and they just showed up and said, we want your kid. Well, now it's a decision. Does he go to Syracuse or does he go to South Carolina? I mean, a real decision. I'm praying. The family doesn't even know it. I took a Sunday in Sumter, South Carolina with that church and prayed for their son with that church. They didn't know it. I put it on, I, I, and the Lord had given me a word. There's good and then there's better. See, they didn't even know that somebody by the spirit, by the leading, of, listen, you need the help of the Holy Ghost. And let me tell you something, this is why a good church and a good pastor matters. Don't get mad at your pastor, because while you don't know it, he's in the back room praying for you. While you don't know it, and you're mad because he painted the wrong paint color, and he yelled at somebody or got mad, you didn't know he was on his knees fasting for your kid. I'm preaching real good right now. Sometimes I wish people knew how deep you go as a pastor when the Spirit of the Lord leads you. And I saw that he had chosen, and I wrote him a little note on Facebook or on, a, on his uh, Instagram and told him, well, you know, what was in my heart and that I thought that this would be closer to home and, you know, just encouraged him in that direction as he took that position. And I am certain, I am certain that he could have had good, but God wanted him to have better. When I think about the leading of the Holy Ghost and how he wants to direct your life, I want you to know something. There's good, and then there's better. And you could have good, but wouldn't you rather have better? Come on, somebody. Wouldn't you rather have better? Wouldn't you rather have? And the leading of God doesn't lead us to less. He leads us to more. He leads us to better. Come on, somebody. He leads us to exciting, extravagant, wonderful things. He does not take from us. He gives to us. I want you to say that God is giving life to me he's the way he's the truth and he's the life if you really want life oh there are attacks of the enemy there are you know as you start preaching God begins to lead you and I just feel the leading of the Holy Ghost because I want you to know something you're not going to be immune from attacks but you can be immune from the result You don't have to have the death, destruction, dismay, discouragement, depression. No, no, no. You can have victory. You can have uh, God's uh, way out. You can have success. God doesn't, you don't have to have a failure. God wants you to have success. I want you to yell that out. God wants me to succeed. Say this, in my marriage, with my children, with my schooling, with my job. Come on, nowhere does God want you to fail. Everywhere God wants you to succeed. Everywhere God wants you to have victory. Everywhere God wants you to have more than enough. He is El Shaddai. Somebody shout out, my God is El Shaddai. God that is more than enough. I needed a building. I, I'm, I'm you know, trying to find this, this place that God wants us to go. It's not in there. God said you'd go out and win the lost. Go into all the world. Preach the gospel. I'm doing that. But it takes buildings. It takes chairs. It takes music. And I'm believing God for all this stuff. So we're over on Palmetto Street, and we got 2,500 square feet. 2,500. We couldn't even have an office in the building. I didn't even bother. 
If we had to have counseling, you had to go to the nursery. That's it. We had to split the children's room off with 12. It was 12 feet wide and 22 feet long. Sanctuary was small. We put this, the, the, it looked like this corner. It was about the size of the sanctuary. And uh, that's all we had. I need more. 100, 125 people are coming. We've used up everything we could use up. I'd gone and bought a Carolina garage. Uh, 24 by 44, put it in back of the building, put a, you know, made it the children's room just so we could have more room for the sanctuary and stuff. So we tore out the old, but just out of space. We've got to move. We've got to grow. And I'm, I'm looking, I'm trying to find buildings and things and rent more space and whatever I could do. And I couldn't find anything. Then one day I go by this building and it's vacant, nobody in it. There's two buildings. It's, it's where the naturally outdoor store is now. And so I go over there, and, and I, I'm, I'm in the parking lot. The guy drives up, goes inside. He's in the building. I go in the building. It's the owner of the building. No, nobody's ever there. I've never seen anybody at the place. And so as I walk in this building, and I see this beautiful building that's there and, and all this, like a oh, vacant, you know, open-air building. Then there's another one next to it, a garage in the back. My emotions went crazy. This is it. This you know how we do. This is why I'm saying you're not an emotion. And if all you're listening to is your head, you're going to wish you didn't. A man believes with his Say it again. A man believes with his We believe with our heart. Your head can give you fits, but you've got to listen to your heart. Look at your name and say, you better listen to your heart. Find somebody else. Turn around if you got to. If you're staring at the back wall, turn back around. <laughs> got to listen with your heart and so I'm excited I put up a website I took pictures I flashed everything I mean I got it I, I mean it was I had a detailed plan as to how we were going to get this building on Palmetto and so I'm ready to get the building I write my pastor and he kind of doesn't really he didn't write back good I thank God for a pastor to tell you the truth. You might not like me when I say it, but give me a year, you'll find out you really appreciate why I said what I said. You'll say, thank God that man will tell the truth. It may cost me you for a little while, but if I can make sure your life is kept safe and I can get you to the right place, then I did my job. I'm not here to please you. I'm here to please him. Somebody will say, thank God for a pastor like that. I love you while we go through it, but you can expect it. I'm going to call you aside one day, and we're going to talk. We're going to talk when the Lord leads me, because he's trying to deal with you, and the only thing I can do is correspond with what he teaches and what he says. So I'm looking at this building, and I'm ready to do it. My pastor, you know, writes back, it's got a lot of roof. Have you prayed about it? I love it when my pastor would say, Steve, have you prayed about it? Have you really prayed? Well, you know, I'm writing you. I showed up with him. It's really good. It's really good. You can't work against another person's will. Everybody listen to me. I'm preaching real good now. You can't work against another person's will. If they won't change, you should leave.
You can't twist them into shape. Only the Holy Ghost and God can twist them into shape. And you need to leave them to God. He said, cast all your cares. That means you can't hang on to it while he's working on it. You know, I'm just down little rabbit trails right now. Just down a few little rabbit trails. Down a few little rabbit trails. Because you're trying to work it out. You're trying to make it happen. You're trying to fix what's broken. You're trying to act like it doesn't exist. You're hiding. you got your little secrets in the back room somewhere. You don't want nobody to know. God know. <laughs> God know. Then you ought to go to God and say, God, help me. Help me here. Help me fix this. Help me get out of this. Because you can't, you can't change it. So, so, so I'm over there getting that building ready. And I'm trying to sell this building. And I got in my car every day. And I drive by the building. And when I'm in there, I asked the guy, I said, how much would you sell it to me for? He said, what do you do? I said, I'm a pastor. He said, you can't get them people to give that kind of money. <laughs> he don't know my church. Somebody say amen. amen. He knows how to give to those who will give. Amen. He pours through people who pour. <laughs> he does. He gives to the giver. I mean, you work as hard as you want to. I've watched so many people. They work as hard as they can. They do so many things, and they get the bag full, and the bag has holes in it. And as they're walking along, they got nothing. They said people come in and talk about all the money they are making, all the trips they were traveling, all the stuff they were doing, how much they had, and they had shoes in the uh, holes in the bottom of their shoes. And I'm thinking, you got nothing, and you're making all kind of something. I've been there. I've had God pour into my life and watch it just dribble away and dribble off and watch the devil steal it from my life. And I've taken less and watched God fill the bag. Somebody ought to say amen. Okay, so, so, I'd drive by and I'd, I'd, the flesh would go, oh, whew, think of what you could do with that. That's the church right there. Go get my Starbucks, turn back around, come back by it, and I'd hear, nope, that ain't it. Have y'all ever had God do that with you? And I'd get in the car and I'd drive back by it. And the Holy Spirit's trying to lead me. And I'd say, wow, three buildings. We're going to have a gym. Oh, my goodness. It's going to be so amazing. As I did research, of course, I'd find things out. There was no bathroom in the second building. The thing in the back was in a, in a flood zone. This building was blah, blah, blah. And for us as a church, it wasn't going to be $250,000. It was going to be $200 million, it seemed like. But God began to reveal it to me. I'd still drive by and my flesh would go, wow. Ooh, oh, that'd be awesome. And as I'd come back by, the Lord would go, nope, that ain't it. Don't you love it when God does that? So finally, I'm getting, you know, no, no response from the people that I think are spiritual. I thank God for people. I've told you this. When the pastor stops talking, you're in trouble. When he's not talking, when you're not hearing, when he can't communicate with you, it's because God is telling him to stop. And when he stops, God's already said what you're not willing to do. You got to run with God. You can't run against God. You got to run with God. You got to run with him. You got to run in line with him. You got to stop saying no when he says something. You got to do what he wants to do. You got to fix what's broken. You can't have Canaan unless you leave Egypt. I didn't get enough shouting on that. You've got to leave what's behind and press on toward the mark. He didn't have a reverse. He only had a forward. You've got to press on toward the mark of the high calling of God. 
the Holy Spirit leads you forward, not backward. Now, now, I'm not suggesting, you know, when we miss it, when we were following God and we were having the blessings of the Lord and everything was right and we did our own thing by our mind. Had I bought that building, God would have blessed it all he could. But he had a better plan. There's good. <laughs> Somebody's getting what I'm talking about. There's good. And there's better. Good. But God always has better. I want you to say that God has better for me. I'm going to wrap up four minutes. You guys got four minutes? Who's got four minutes? For us, uh, eight, 12, 16. <laughs> Finally, I said to the Lord, okay. I called my pastor and called up the people that I trusted and they yelled out on the phone, I knew you could hear from God. And they didn't tell me what to do. But the Lord was dealing with me. The Lord was speaking to me. And the Lord worked on my behalf. God does amazing things. We have to be aware of the amazing. Not emotions. Not emotions. Can't follow our emotions. Everything in the emotions said that was it. Now I've got no building. Pastor Reggie flies in town. We're hanging out together in the car on the way to the airport. He looks over at me and says, Steve, don't hold me to this. Don't tell, I'm not telling you Jesus is telling me this. I'm just telling you what's in my spirit. He says, you're going to get somebody offer you a church. Somebody's going to offer you a church. Well, the only churches I knew of at the time were just buildings that were old, dilapidated, that, that we wouldn't want to be in, too small. So I, didn't, I couldn't think of a church that would fit us. This one had just been bought by another church. They were across the street. They moved over here. They were transforming this into a church while Pastor Reggie's in my car. One day, I'm driving by this several weeks or, or maybe a couple months later. I'm praying, seeking God, waiting on the Lord, not rushing ahead of God, waiting on the Spirit, waiting for God to show me the signs and the, you know, so I could say yes. And I drive up by this building, and there's a car outside of it. I don't know who the car is, but I knew they had just moved in it and were remodeling it, getting ready for church, or even had, had been having church in it. And so I, I knocked on the door. A guy answered, and I, I just wanted to pray with him. I was proud of what God had done for them. God had given them a building. I want you to say, whatever God would do for one, he'll do for everyone. He's no respecter of person. So, I need that answer. And so, I just said, I don't, I, you know, we're looking for a building. We're down the road over here, and we're not able to get one. We were looking at one. We had an option for that, but I feel like the Lord told me no on that. And uh, it was right, because I don't think we could have gotten codes changed and all the stuff. I mean, all the stuff would have been a mess for us. The Lord saved us from that. And I said, I just want to walk around in here with you, and I want to pray with you over this building. And I want to thank God for what he did for you. Can I pray with you? It turns out it was the pastor. He said, yeah, let's go pray. We come in here, and we, I just thank God for what God had done for him. Lord, you'll give him this. You'll bless him with this. And I just thank you for what you've done for him. I thank you for what you've done for this church. And I just thank you, Lord, that you'll direct me and show me what to do. He didn't say anything. I left. It was probably a Monday. 
I'm praying all week. But I, didn't, I wasn't looking for this building. It wasn't on my heart. I wasn't uh, envious or anything like that. I just wanted to thank God. Really wanted to thank God for what he had done for this church. Pray for one another that you'll be healed. I believe that. On Sunday, I show up at church. I'm standing at the pulpit. I, I led the singing back then and played. And, you know, I was the music director, the preacher, the guy that blew off the parking lot. I changed all the trash. I'd... Anyway, I got done. And as I'm going out, one of the, my head usher comes running out the door. And he grabs me. He said, did you see the note? And I said, I don't know what you're talking about. We had $25,000 in the bank at the time. Zero credit as a church. You're just getting started. What credit do you have? I can't go to the bank and buy anything. When I went to the bank to try and buy something, they wanted 10 people in our church that had a million dollars each to sign the note. Oh, y'all. Y'all ain't got no idea what it takes. Anyway, I opened the note up outside. Church is over. And on the note, it's that pastor. He writes me, he says, Pastor Steve, I want to sell you my building. I need to get out and I'll finance it. And I'll finance it. There was good. And then there was better. I want you to know something. God has the Holy Ghost helping us to get to better. Today we're here. Today we bought the building they were in first. We bought this building, bought the land across the street. We bought three other buildings now. I mean, because one day when we couldn't, the hand of God came on me, came on our church, and showed us the direction to go that we could. See, when you can't, he can. When you aren't able, he's able. No weapon formed against us shall ever prosper. I don't care where you're standing. There are attacks. Listen. We've, we've lost a car, but I didn't lose a son. I'm not getting enough shouts on that. And every one of us should thank God every day about the miracles of the Holy Ghost and how he watches over us, how he keeps us. Come on, somebody. Let's be more gracious to the Holy Ghost. Let's thank God for the power. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you will be witnesses of me throughout the whole world. God wants to use you as a witness of his glory, as a witness of his power, as a witness of his authority, of a witness of his healing, of a witness of his deliverance, of a witness of his sanctification. God! Hallelujah! Hallelujah!